This is Bottom of the Bill. I'm not a huge fan of the dead. I've heard your unpopular opinions on uh, (laughs) on John Mayer. (laughs) They're very unpopular in my neighborhood. Yeah, of course. I'm sure all all the musicians hate me that have heard that. So (laughs) it's also like a halfway joke. Obviously, nobody could replace Jerry, but I mean, you know, John Mayer was is a cleaner player. I'm just well, okay, cleaner. (laughs) I'm just upset they even tried. Really, it's just clearly such a money grab now. You know, (sighs) it's like a shitty movie they got made like seven times in a row (laughs) if the aliens and the presidents aren't actually they're not distracting us from each other they are the same thing have you ever seen an alien and joe biden (laughs) you know you raised some good points here and i'm i don't mean to point any fingers i have heard mumblings that someone in this room might be of an alien race sent to spy on the humans if i was i would definitely want you to believe that those hearings were bullshit no one Uh, said no one said it was you i didn't say so are you saying that you are well i'm just saying i don't know who else has a bullshit rumor about them being reptilian going around but you know i'm gonna look into these hearings i'm curious if there's more evidence than you're leading on oh please do please do first introduction without having a guest in a in a minute in a hot second Fucking, uh, what's going on, bro? You guys had a long weekend. Totally. A nice, uh, a nice little road adventure, um, down to Miami and back in 36 hours or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. It was good. Um, played a private party for some of Chelsea's family and friends. And those are always the hardest gigs to do. Like mm-hmm. playing for people that like you're connected to and even like small intimate venues like Blue Jay or they're fun, but there's still this kind of uh anonymous aspect where here it's like you're just sitting right with all these people that know everything about your musical journey and everything so it's it was fun though like it it rained and there was just like you know like a lot of energy going on so that those are always hard things to like overcome but even with that it was still like we still pulled off of like a really cool fun musical music musical night and like i know chelsea had like a lot of great family time um so that's you know it was a great weekend that's all that matters yeah uh her family's always a lot of fun too oh they're they're a fucking riot yeah um both her parent like both her siblings and their significant and others were there and like yeah when all of them are cooking it is just like rapid fire like yeah dude my family is nothing like that (laughs) uh Uh, whenever chelsea's mom comes to town i i want to preface this by saying that i love her family so much dearly uh but whenever her mom comes to town the two of them just start fucking going it's just one after another i'm just like by 10 minutes in i'm exhausted i'm going to lay down yeah but you guys are says i can't keep up speaking (laughs) their own language like and they're just anticipating each other's thoughts in a way i'm like I missed three words or something like I somehow y'all knew what you were talking about. And I just, whoa. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of fucking ADD flying around. Yeah. Yeah. And, and her brothers are a similar way too. Oh, and, yeah. and they're her, all, they're hilarious. You yeah. Know what yeah. I mean? they're, yeah. They're awesome. The Connolly clan is a great time. Yeah. Uh, so that was fun to go to. I, you know, I've known all of them for as long as I've known you guys pretty much. And, yeah. Uh, you know, seeing all them again was fun and Hell just yeah. cutting loose. Um, driving wasn't too bad. And, you know, Miami's, yeah. We just made it happen. Um, got down, got back, and then got back to the, back to the hustle. Yeah, um, was fun. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Um, yeah, I, I uh, just played some gigs. Let me just look at my calendar. 
You did Bedlam. I played at Bedlam. Yeah, the place is dope, man. I like what Jesse's doing over there. It's a cool spot. Nice. Um, Good turnout and good good vibe and everything. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the flow of the place is nice. You know, it's like the food trucks and you get the bar and you get like the little outdoor area. It's just, it's got got a nice like flow to it. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. There's this one fucking dude that was annoying the shit out of me as usual. Always one. I like to just kind of give these little... Uh, uh, excerpts or I guess these little inside uh, behind the scenes stuff into what I experience every yeah. weekend at my gigs and this time this guy uh, I'm pl- it's literally this, the first fucking song okay and I hate when people do this is that they try and keep time with you Ooh. but they do it in a way that's so loud and overbearing this guy's taking his phone and literally slamming it on the bar trying to like keep time with me and it's just so not in time yeah and i'm like sitting there so so that i usually have a like a move that i do when this happens right uh-huh. um what i like to do is i will bring my volume considerably down so that douchebag knows that they're being loud and hopefully they stop this dude was so drunk and just like unaware that he had no idea. And it really didn't make that much of a difference because the, the acoustics in the room were actually pretty nice. Yeah. Um, but what that means is that things carry. So even if I wasn't playing super loud, it was still carrying uh-huh. and his stuff didn't seem any louder. It was just fucking loud the whole time. Mm. So, and it threw me off a couple of times where I had my looper going oh, and yeah. I'm going to kick, you know, maybe I turn the looper off for like, you know, a measure or two and I go to kick it back on yeah. and I'm losing time because he's sitting there still yeah. keeping time. Professor polyrhythm over at the bar. Over yeah, there is Professor just, polyrhythm <laughs> is over there just inventing a new metric system. <laughs> I, and his wife, I could look, I could look at her until she's like uncomfortable and trying to like calm him down. This dude probably yeah. beats her. Honestly, he's seen uh, with that well, kind of a he guy. He seems like he was practicing honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, like timidly kind of rubbing his back. Okay, yeah. honey, you know, and eventually the bartender, goes like, hey, man, can you stop? And the guy goes, oh, oh, my bad, I'm sorry. And they end up leaving like, you know, yeah. 10 minutes later. But I was like, dude, I can't fucking, ugh. You should have Brett Bass the situation. <sighs> I Left don't... your looper pedal on, take his <laughs> phone, and smacked him across the face with it. Man, I don't, I hate conflict at bars like that because you, know, yeah. you don't know, these people are drunk also. You don't yeah. know what they're capable of. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, they could be, you know, they could be carrying a gun or they whatever. Know what you're capable of. You're a lethal weapon. <laughs> you're uh, a trained machine. That trained machine. You take their kneecaps out like that. <laughs> I barely have any fucking awareness of what I'm doing in that regard. <laughs> uh, although Muay Thai has been, you know, wonderfully helpful in, uh, and I've noticed a lot of progress in the gym actually lately. And that's nice. been, that's been good. Um, I don't know how effective I would be using it in the street because there are a lot of elements, you know, I think the Muay Thai is the most effective stand-up game that would, that would proper, that, that would equate nicely in the street. There's also a lot of rules in the gym that you don't have on the street Sure. that, um, you know, kind of throws some things out the window. And also, um, I'm not like a fighter, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't like confrontation, yeah. specifically physical confrontation, um, because I've seen wild shit happen in real life. Totally. And I just assume that people are capable of the craziest shit for no reason. Mm-hmm. So when I see people start getting like up 
and like they started like you know wanting to like throw down and shit i'm like dude this is going down a bad bad path and i don't want to take it there yeah so i will quickly avoid it if i can and there's no exception when i'm on stage yeah i certainly don't want to draw that kind of attention to myself so i should probably be more assertive about it in those scenarios and not let the bartender have to make that call but yeah. also I'm the fucking entertainment, dude. My job is to bring joy to people's life. Why do I have to sit here and call out bullshit? You know what you I mean? do that and bring joy. I people, guess. People would enjoy that. They probably would. You're right. You know? I would be solving a problem that everybody else is very annoyed by. And you can do it with your nice, quick, witty, you know, <clears throat> dryness. Just decapitate him from the stage. Quick, witty. I am so not quick, dude. Well, I'm like the like the exact you can, opposite. You can appear that way <laughs> if you spend 20 minutes thinking about it when you're playing. That's you're like, true. You're like, I got time to load this one up, and he's still going, all right. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I do try and do that sometimes. I'll try and look at somebody who's annoying me in the audience and try and pick it apart yeah. so that if they do do something, I'm ready to go. Yeah, but, totally. I always have those with Freebird jokes. Like yeah. I've got a few comebacks like loaded, usually, and I'll attack their physical appearance and related to that somehow yeah just <laughs> just got to you know yeah um yeah and then last night i went to the blue jay jam and yeah. i saw uh all those guys sailor jane performed she crushed it she sounded nice. really she good she was the feature yeah um and they had this guy ferris on bass yeah yeah you know him ferris nix is killing my first time seeing him he's awesome man he's so yeah, good he's great um and uh pete on guitar, he's so fucking good. What too, a man. what a slept on guy in the Jacksonville music scene. Yeah, bro, because um, you only see him in the context of JJ and and that one Blue Jay gig. But in yeah. terms of like, let's call them sleeping giants that live in the city. Uh, he is among the top of them. Yeah. I mean, he is truly one of the and just a fun, quirky dude. Like every time I see him, he's just like so friendly. You know, like he's just like check out what I'm using. You want to play through my rig? You want to like, and he's just goofy, and, but he'll get up there and just play some soul bearing shit. It's really cool. Yeah. He's, he's so good, man. He's got all these, like just his, his comfortability of the fretboard, wherever he's at doing whatever. It's just, it's so yeah. like, I'm just, I watch him. I'm like, that guy just, he doesn't have to think about anything he's doing up there. He just got it. And he it, and that's ramped up to every level because you see him play with JJ and he plays the gig perfectly. Yeah, like, totally. Plays exactly what he needs to. And then you see him at Blue Jay, and like they they don't always go into like the heady stuff, but like they can hit these jazz places. And he's right there with some cool fusion ideas. Oh yeah. And some you know even some kind of you know deep harmony pop stuff. Like it's all there too. He's got, and it's all comfortable. He's like, he doesn't stretch when he goes to the higher level. It's comfort top to bottom. Yeah, man. He's, he's high class. The, all those cats are there. Yeah, very, Eric was throwing some shit out there last night too. All this reharming and like ooh. all this shit. And I was like, damn dude, yeah. throwing those chops out there. Cause again, another guy that you see in the context of either Mofro or like Bay Kings and stuff, yeah. which, you know, obviously is great, but like you don't get to see him. You, when you see him at that jam, you get to see him stretch out a little bit That's more. That's their jungle gym. Yeah, like exactly. They go once a month and they go cut loose with their buddies and have fun. Yeah, and Craig too, man. Craig is always throwing out some weird polyrhythmic shit out there. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like fun. It lines up really nicely. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a great one. I hadn't been to a Monday jam in six eight months. It's yeah, been a long time. It's been a while for me too. But those are some of the most fun musical jams, and they the sparsity is what keeps that one so so fresh and popping yeah we gotta we gotta get the word out more about 
shit at Blue Jay, man. We got to keep that place going. Totally. It's fucking They're, like, it's, yeah. It's a hard industry. Like, we're, I mean, we're, we've just lost a, 13 year old venue, you know? Yeah. Am you, I, and you take it for granted because there's such staples in the scene. You can never take a venue for granted, no, especially all, one that's intimate and like curates such a uniquely special thing. Yeah. You know? it's, it's such a, you know, care has really <laughs> cultivated a place for musicians there. You know, it's it is like, such a safe space musically. Yeah. Like, there, there are certain, pro like I played there with time wise and like, the response we get there, you just you hardly can get that in the southeast, especially with a very avant-garde musical style in general. Let alone, you know, a, this is the second gig ever, and she was so welcome. It, like it's such a great space for any genre. Yeah, I mean, man. it's 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 unreal. I've had some of my best nights at yeah. that place. You know, yeah. like fucking playing with Joe Marcinek or just like, you know, getting up there and just playing with, you know, doing my own show there or like whatever it might be. Just like, I've had so many good times Yeah, playing. It was just, it was refreshing because I hadn't been there in so long as you get caught up with shit, you know what I mean? And then yeah. I went there for Taylor's birthday last week. Nice. And just saw them and what a killer. I mean, he had Pauly on drums. Not, oh, I'd cool. I'd at first of all, I hadn't seen Pauly out in a while. Right. Um, and then, uh, I've never heard him play jazz. I've only seen him play with like Fat Cactus or fill in for you guys or yeah. whatever. And that's, you know, but then you see him in uh, in the context of jazz and you're like, oh, there. it all makes sense now. He he is truly a legend in terms of people he's played with and stuff he does. And even when he's playing those other gigs at such a high level, it is sleepwalking for him. Yeah. You know, and it, it is, he is extremely accomplished you know it doesn't go out much he's got a lot going on yeah like, no like it was, you but, get him in his element and he's gonna speak yeah man and it was cool it was and I, I saw stefan there and um you know stefan's like more my age but and he but he, as a drummer man he is like just i mean one of the the best as far as i'm concerned mm -hmm. and it was cool because he's like helping at the end of the night he's helping polly like you know load some shit up and i'm just like look at the respect here we're talking about like like stefan who's like just such an amazing drummer and doesn't even need to be here he can just be at home chilling right now he works enough whatever yeah. he gets enough music consumption he probably doesn't need to be out at a jam consuming music yeah but he was there like as a as just an audience member and then helping this guy of the previous generation who probably set some you know, standard for him to live up to yeah. helping him break down, carry shit out at the end of the night. Yeah. It's just like, you just see that respect. It's you know classy. what I mean? Nice. That's great to see. He's a classy move. I yeah, like it. Very cool. Um, the, uh, anything else going on this week? Um, I don't think so. Only other thing I wanted to tag was, um, I started prepping for this gig. I'm MDing for Madison Hughes, this, uh, singer from Nashville. Yeah. That was on the voice. Um, and, playing a bunch of her original stuff and emptying the band on that. So put together the group and it's, um, Ramos on bass, Jessica hope on keys, Millie on fiddle and mandolin. And then Craig Rieger on drums. Oh, hell yeah. We had our first rehearsal yesterday. That is going to be a cool, cool gig and a cool little, you know, if that band plays often, but she's never played with a band ever. Her only other band experience is playing with the band on the voice for 90 seconds. Wow. Everything else has been solo acoustic. Wow. So she's worked, she's got great tunes. She works, I through the voice, has linked up with some cool producers up in Nashville. And the collaborations they have put together on some of these tunes are incredible. But she's so open to like a band setting because she has no 
uh, precedent of right. like what that should sound like or look like. So we checked out all of her tunes and like got them spots to the record. And then she started giving carte blanche for like, take a solo here, do a medley, do this, do that. So like, and it's such a high caliber group of people and it's such a fun hang. Cause like, you know, I kind of cherry picked all these players for certain reasons and some of them knew each other. Some of them didn't, but we all got into one room and like, it was just instant camaraderie. Like everyone has the same kind of mental, just like they know what they're walking into. They know the vibe, they know the hang. And she would, and Madison was just thrilled, you know, like that everyone took the time to like learn the tunes. She sent everything out Saturday evening, uh, like nine tunes and everyone had them good to go Monday morning. Like everyone took that time to like kick it into high gear, really take the time to like chart everything out, take it in and then come up prepared. That is a surprisingly rare thing these day and age, like for everyone in the group to do it. Uh, I just had to brag on all those guys because like, yeah. they did exactly what I hoped they would do. They they came correct, and uh, yeah, it was, it was dope. Awesome, it was very man. Cool. So that uh, when's this happening? September seventeenth at uh, Underbelly. Um, okay. So this will probably well no this will be out um, yeah. September seventeenth. Um, Katie O's opening. It'll be after the Jags Chiefs game. So come come celebrate the only loss of the season uh, at Underbelly. <laughs> Hell yeah. It'll be dope. Cool. Um, all right. Well, yeah, I, I want to make sure to check that out too if I'm not working. Definitely. It's a Sunday. There. So oh, yeah, come hang. Perfect. All my Sunday gigs have been canceled. So awesome. <laughs> all right. So I got this one for you. Um, this week on the show, we've got Starcaller boys, KP and Jeremy Prince. These are two of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shame their music is so terrible. Uh, because they're such great guys. <laughs> wow, really selling your boys here down the river. No, man, these are this is some of the coolest music coming out of Jacksonville. Uh, currently, they have got a ton of music backlogged, and they're just so creative and always writing. Um, and they're young, hungry guys that have got a great band, a great work ethic, and they're just funny dudes. They're just a great hang. Um, so many inside jokes. I mean, I've, we've played in so many different bands. I live with kp it so like there was there was just a flow on this episode that was a riot yeah it was uh definitely one of more uh, one of our more unconventional episodes but that's what i liked about <laughs> yeah, it totally know? it's it nice cool. to shake it up a little bit uh, it was a lot of fun these guys are a fun bunch of kids yeah not really kids but you know uh we did have a kid on the show actually who kp <laughs> from, yeah, from, right. from 10 years yeah back. yeah don't give it away you gotta just watch the episode and see that's how it plays get. out you know, it's Time travel is yeah. a crazy thing. Yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little time warp magic. So, so wild. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, we had a, a time warp, uh, a sex worker join the show too. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a weird, we've never had that many people stop in yeah. like uninvited. Yeah. Actually, but they all got their time. You yeah. know, like it was a really, we were really open to all the energies that yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was a good one it was definitely an enjoyable experience for all of us and i hope that you enjoy it as well so without further ado here is kp and jeremy of starcaller this is bottom of the bill fucking love nickelback yeah dude yeah. fucking hate nickelback dude <laughs> are you kidding 
Yeah, he yeah, was. That's exactly <laughs> he what kidding. he was doing. <laughs> oh, thank God. All right. Jeremy just walked in, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He's arrived. Everybody. Jeremy was late, guys, for everyone. I love Foo Fighters, um, though. Um, you know? Yeah, I feel like they're vastly different, though. <laughs> that is the, I wouldn't know because I hate both of them. They all sound the same to me. You don't like the Foo Fighters? No. You know what it is? I like about the Foo Fighters more than the music itself, which I do like the music, but Dave Grohl is just like the last rock star. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I like Dave Grohl. To me, they're the last rock band. Like, any band you think of or like try to categorize has got some kind of, like, you call them like blues rock or whatever, but like, the foos are rock. They are. Do rock people call them the foos, or is that what you know. do? Okay. I, <laughs> I think that's. I'm what not he that does. deep of a fan, you know. But, <laughs> okay, but he says foos to act like he's foos. that deep of a fan, <laughs> yeah. but that's really not actually a thing. Foo life. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Oh no! What about we played the Foo Fighters tune on a gig recently, and the only reason we played it is because Kevin knew the whole thing front to back and taught it to all of us in real time. So cute. I don't recall. Oh, <laughs> sure you don't, buddy. That's to freshen up my memory over there, Copperhead. <laughs> all right, Kyle Pyle. <laughs> Wait, on the gig? You on the gig. You, you, you explained to them all uh, the changes No, in everything? real time, he knew, the, he knew the whole tune front to back and was like, <laughs> shouted us through the changes, the breaks and everything, sang the tune. He's a fan. I did that. He's a fan. I did that. Fuck actually. yeah. There's nothing You're a wrong. fan, dude. Kyle Pyle is money. one of the last rock stars like out there. Yeah, but that's not a shitty band to like, though, right? The Foo Fighters are like a cool no, band. No, no, no. To, that's, to like they're a good Borderline. Band. Yeah. They're a good band. <laughs> I just don't like them. They you just don't like them. Their shirts are definitely sold at Target, you know? So yep. you get a little bit of like... But so are like Led Zeppelin in the doors. Yeah. And even the Grateful yeah. Dead... Yeah, the dead are in. I actually have a dead target shirt now. Do you really? So, but are the dead a shitty band to like? You know. Uh, uh, yep. Well, depends on who you ask. I would say no. If I ask you, yeah, what are we talking? Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the dead. I've I, heard your unpopular opinions on, uh, okay. on John Mayer. So <laughs> they're very yeah. unpopular in my neighborhood. Yeah, of course. I'm sure all the, all the musicians hate me that have heard that. So. <laughs> it's all. It's also like a halfway joke. Obviously, nobody could replace Jerry, but I mean, you know, John Mayer was a cl- is a cleaner player. What are I'm you just do? well, okay, cleaner. <laughs> I'm just upset they even tried. Really, it's just clearly such a money grab now. You know. Yeah. Well, didn't they just wrap it up though? They're. You think they're coming back for another one? They put a little question mark on the whole thing. It's oh boy. like uh, it's like a shitty movie they got made like seven times in a row. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, we're but like the first four or five times it was really good. Like yeah. the Marvel franchise, and then they hired a new actor yes, to play fucking whatever, whatever it is, <laughs> Jason Bourne. Yeah, Jason Bourne. Or it's like, like the, Ocean's Eleven like, or whatever, or like the James Bond franchise. It was like great when you had Sean Connery. Yeah. Well, those are still, pre- it's Fast and Furious. That's a perfect okay, example. Furious. Well, those are, n- there's like eight of those, right? Yeah. I guess I haven't really seen them. I can't speak. <laughs> I mean, at least they didn't use a hologram version of Jerry like they did with Paul Walker. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's rough. That's yeah. Rough. They did that in the Sopranos too, That's man. True. They did? With who? Uh, with Tony's mom, Livia. There's this episode where they, like, she had died in real life. So, and they, her character was still like alive in the show. So there's this weird episode where you see like, it's just an old woman's body. And then like the face is just CGI of her. 
and they all they had was like these little snippets of her one-liners. So like her and Tony are talking for a second, and then it's just like, oh, you know, I wish the Lord would take me. Like she does her old lady shit, and then you find out like, oh no, she's dead. Like the character died. Oh, yeah, but I they had to kind of kill her off using the CGI for an episode. It's really weird. <laughs> I don't. I did not even know that. Uh, you, if you like. You know, I don't know if you ever watched it. Oh, I've seen it a lot of times. Yeah, so. they, it's like I want to say season three or four when when her character dies and like she had already been dead. So they, yeah, that's so wild. They did the same thing with Chef and Isaac Hayes in uh um South, South Park. Park. Yeah. yeah, on the episode where they kill Chef off, they weren't allowed. I remember like that, Isaac man. Hayes had quit already, yeah. so they had to like take snippets of previous episodes, which is why the cadence was all off when he was talking. Yeah. Well, didn't they spin it off? Like he got brainwashed yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, that's so weird. I remember that. Yeah. It's fucking crazy what they do. And then, but I also like how creative they are with the spin, you know? Yeah. So they work it. They, they work in the glitch into him. the episode. Well, so how did Paul Walker die in fast and furious or was he just like an Obi-Wan? Like he was, he is dead and he is a hologram. No, no, no. He's, they CGI'd his face into uh, the movie, but he didn't. I don't think he dies in that movie. Is he like still? Is the new Fast and Furious no, still have Paul? I don't think so, but <laughs> it, it, I forget. Maybe Chris can look it up. If he dies in, if, if his character dies in that movie, I don't know. I don't know. Look it up. But he definitely, uh, <laughs> but he definitely died in real life, and then they oh, weren't able dead. to use yeah <laughs> in a car accident, which is ironic and yeah. the James Dean of our time, but he wasn't a good actor though. That's true. No, that no I didn't watch any correct. of his movies. You haven't watched any Paul Walker movies. I'm um, no, I've, I've watched, I'm sure I've watched some up. You're not missing out. Just like, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame you. There's <laughs> cars. If anything with a car in it from like the mid two thousands, you know, it's probably got him. Yeah. Yeah. So, Oh, Google told me he died during fast and furious. Yeah. Yeah. I know that on the set. <laughs> okay, thank <laughs> you, Chris. <laughs> That's what Google said. The deep dive uh, <laughs> guy. I don't fucking know. Look, I'm just, look. All right, keep talking. I'll figure it out. Anyways, star caller. That's right. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's us. I listened oh, to. Did we start? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is going to be the best clipped episode <laughs> by far. Oh, sweet. Um, going to be like, why don't we have right. clips from our episode? Because there's too many good ones from this one. We had uh, we had Parks and Raz on last week, and it was a very oh, similar sweet. vibe. Those uh, Lauren and Josh. I haven't so, met them. They're so fucking funny. Cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, um, I just love episodes like this. It just makes it a lot. It makes it fun. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, I checked out the new single, and it sounds fucking great. I went back and listened to all the singles after that, and I think the songwriting is really good. Thank you, man. Um, and the production sounds great. Who? Uh, where was this recorded at? So the newest one, Worth It, uh, we recorded with Patrick Taylor um, at his home studio. He's the front man for Trash Panda. Oh, okay. AKA cool. Lazuli Vane, yeah. Um, and that, this newest recording, I mean, that exactly what we wanted to get out of it we got you know that's awesome that, the song sounds like we imagined it i think or like he imagined it yeah yeah pat's great he adds a lot of 
psychedelia and wizardry into his production and mixing and just, stuff. Just subtle, like just a little something filling in some little gaps, you know. I did some some guitar fill in overdub stuff that we've never really messed with and he kind of brought some cool things out of us, some cool effects we haven't used and I think it just sounds really full and really lush, you know, it's like yeah, there's a lot of character in it. Yeah, definitely. And I love, uh, I mean, uh, Patrick is such a creative dude. Man. I mean, like, uh, to live in his head must be like just insane. Terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But like the, the magic that comes out of it is, is phenomenal. And I love after the guitar solo, how it comes into like the, these, like the harmonies kind of come in full effect and just, it's a beautiful lead in yeah. to this, like just majestic sounding kind of section of the tune. And, um, you, it's just a good attention to detail. I thought, you know, for sure. So who wrote this tune? So Jeremy wrote, it, wrote this one wrote, wrote worth it. And you, this is the first time you've sang on a song or have you been singing for a while? I've been singing for like a year or two. This is the first time I put something out um, on Spotify, streaming services, et cetera, with singing lead. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, he sings harmonies on Give and Take in the Rain, our second single. Gotcha. Um, okay. This is his first lead uh, vocal track and his first is like his songwriting debut for... Uh, star color. Yeah. Okay, cool. I would have never guessed that this was your first time recording uh, vocals oh, like dude, for dude. your own song. It's because um, it's such a it's so glaringly obvious when it is somebody's first time. Usually, most oh, of the time, yeah, you know, yeah. like it, it's like kind of pitchy or like their mic control is not very good, and you can just hear little things. But yeah. I didn't, I didn't notice any of that. And Chris mentioned that this was your first time doing that, but I had, for, I wasn't sure. Like <laughs> when I heard back, I was like first time for real and then so it's just wild so great job man yeah. thanks man yeah there's a lot of the unreleased demos and stuff so i've like had experiencing just with the art of studio recording and stuff but um yeah thanks man i mean <laughs> <laughs> i i got like very very detailed with like how i wanted the melody to be and everything and stuff and um even the timing is very, I mean, it's that, yeah. uh, that lead vocal track has got some real swag to it and yeah. it's just some like personality. It's, it's, it's that's a good way to put it. Personality. Yeah. 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 They, I think we ended up, uh, like opting out of mellow dining it too. Like I'm really? pretty sure Jeremy was trying a couple parts. He's like, I, I kind of want to like snap that in. And I was like, yeah. dude, do not touch that. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think there was any of that in there. That's wild. Yeah. Was so this is like a collaborative effort in writing this, or this is like all of your song and you just brought it to the table? Yeah, all my mm -hmm. song, and then KP KP wrote out the entire guitar solo for it. Great guitar solo, man. Thank you. Hell Thank yeah. You. Yeah, that's hell yeah. That was uh, out of the stuff we have recorded. That's the first like composed solo, and that's you know if you see us play it live, if we're if we play a good show, you're you'll hear that. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Most of the stuff is fairly improvisational with uh, Star Collar, but this is kind of a more concise pop oriented tune. You know, I, I it's important to me that that um, that solo is almost like a a section rather than a, you know a featured like improvised part for me it's like a 
ingrained mm. part of the song. Yeah, and, totally. Yeah. It's definitely got that characteristic, I think. Yeah. And uh, remind me kind of like Brian Mayish, I want to say. Okay, word. You know, like yeah. just, uh, I mean, tonally and just the way that you approach some of it, I thought, cool. you know, so. I'm. That's awesome. I'm into that. Oh, yeah. I call, he does, Brian May likes to hit like just highlight some stuff with a little harmony overdub. Yeah. And that's something I really want to explore. Cause that, that take, um, you know, we played the rhythm track live as a four piece. So we had Tanner in the corner on drums. Jacob was DI on bass. And then Jeremy was like, I think we DI'd the piano for, mm -hmm. for the yeah. initial, like on a keyboard. And, um, we played the rhythm track and I told Patrick, I want, you to feel the uh, like the energy and the tonal shift when the solo comes in. So the rhythm guitar track and the solo are all on one track, like all oh, in one really? go. So I'm playing the rhythm and I click on the overdrive and like flick, you know, my pickup selector to the humbucker. And if you listen carefully now that you know, you'll hear the guitar go from clean to, you know, right before the... The solo comes in. Wow. And yeah. that was a, that was done on purpose. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's like a very organic sound. Yeah. It's like, a, it. it's like a very subtle thing, but if mm. you listen back, well, I guess like as a guitar player, then you can kind of yeah. pick it up. Yeah, Patrick's great to work with. I definitely want to go back to to him for a lot of my other stuff. Mainly for like vocals and things of that nature. Yeah, I mean, he's a phenomenal producer, man. Are you guys working on anything else to take to him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's probably 10 or 15 Starcaller originals that we need to record. Yeah, we're uh, we're in the, you know, assessing our options stage of like, all right, we have all this material. What's our next release? Is it going to be an EP? Is it going to be... Another single is going to be an album, you know, and uh, obviously finances come into play and um, strategy. Like there's a lot of uh, factors that we're taking into consideration for that. And and I think Trash Panda's on tour right now, so he's not available for us right now. But, right. Um, yeah, we got we got some stuff. All right, guys, this episode's brought to you by Best Buds CBD Store. If you're like me, maybe THC isn't always the right high for you. Or maybe the legal status of THC has you a bit hesitant to indulge. So at Best Buds CBD Store, they have an array of CBD and Delta 8 THC products. These guys truly care about their service, so everything is meticulously sourced and prepared to deliver a top-notch product and experience. If you head to their website, you'll find all kinds of educational information regarding Delta THC and CBD. Uh, not to mention if you use promo code BOTBPOD, that's B-O-T-B-POD, you'll save 10% on your order. This is not a one-time deal. If you use promo code BOTBPOD, every time you place an order with Best Buds, it will give you 10% off. That's in perpetuity forever. So head over to bestbudscbdstore.com and start saving on all of your CBD and Delta A products. Enjoy, guys. And so who's, who's kind of like making the decisions on whether or not it's going to be a full-length album, an EP, or you're just doing singles? And who's kind of thinking of the strategy of releasing this stuff? See all of us. It's been pretty, yeah, it's it's pretty openly, you know, discussed. Um, me and Jeremy kind of, so far at least, have been the, the principal, like, songwriters. So in terms of 
production direction and stuff like that. It's been mostly us, but, um, those kind of, uh, administrative decisions are definitely collaborative. Okay. We're all talking and discussing, you know, our options. Cool. Um, yeah. 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 And um, so who? So the other guys, Tanner on drums, Tanner Watts, Tanner Watts, Jacob oh. Workman on uh, bass. Yeah. Okay, do I, why do I know that name, Jacob Workman? Um, he played with Ivan. Is maybe the first uh, like point you might recognize him from. He did. A, okay. he's been on yeah. the scene. IPB and right played in Pajama Dogs. He's been hitting the jams. He, yeah, he's, he's definitely around, yeah. definitely a staple of awesome dude. Jack scene, yeah, cool. Hell One yeah, my favorite people ever. <laughs> Tanner, I think I met. He's Tyler's cousin. Uh, Tyler mm, is his nephew. uncle. Uncle, yeah. okay, yeah. got you. Got Tyler you. from the Honeyhounds. Yeah, and Tanner also plays in Hooligans. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And so, how like how did this band kind of f- formate? Uh, is that the right word? Formate. Yeah, Formin- Form- formulate. 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 Yeah. Form. Uh, <laughs> Form. There so, you go. So Tanner, or I mean, KP was playing with Jacob before we started playing together. And Tanner, yeah. And Tanner. Tanner too? Uh, no. Yeah, actually. no, not Tanner. Tanner's the, <laughs> Tanner's the newest. And um, <clears throat> I really formed with KP trying to find a, a band for his original music. So he was playing with Jacob, and there's some other drummers in the mix. And then... And then I met KP, um, I guess through Jacob and like a lot of the Liza Attic slash pajama dog guys, I heard his music, his original music. And I just wanted, just really wanted to play with him and stuff. And then it kind of became like a place for me to, to play my, to like create, recreate my original music too with the band. Yeah. And then we found Tanner because he moved into town from Missouri, and like you said, he was uh, Tyler Watts is his is his nephew, and, um, and Tyler I knew, is his uncle. Yeah. Ty, yeah, yeah, Tyler is his uncle, and he knows like Max Zargon and stuff. And Max was telling me like, "Hey, you guys should get you guys should get Tanner Watts as your drummer if you need a drummer. He's really I, good." I feel like we jammed with him at like a T Dubs. Some kind of T Dubs back room. I don't know. Have you been to T Dubs? Yeah, I went there like once, I think. They do like a speakeasy Thursday night. Yeah, it's a super cool vibe. You know, it is. It's really cool, yeah. especially if you're playing. Was it <laughs> yeah. on your birthday last year? It could have been. I've had my last two birthdays there. One was really fun, one wasn't. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into Should that. Should we talk about it? I remember yeah. that well, one. Yeah. It was, well, the rest of us had a lot of fun. They did. They did. So the first one, which would have been my 22nd, I, Max had been booking the back room there and kind of like hosting it. It was like a jam with Max or whatever. I yeah, I remember it. that. But, yeah. um, I told Max, like, my birthday is going to be on a Thursday. It'd be super cool to, to throw a little show jam back there. Like, you know, I pretty much cherry picked my band, had Max on keys, um, Adrian Walker from Twin Sons uh, on drums because he and I had played in a band called Starboard Soul back in the day. Okay, yeah. Um, Adrian's a monster, A-Train. But it was me, Max, Adrian, and then JC Hernandez on bass. Oh, hell yeah. And, you know, I'm, I told him, I'm like, it's my birthday. I'm picking the song list. Like, let's do our thing. And that one went really well. It was super fun. And... 
kind of helped me get to know all those guys better, which, you know, super important. Um, but this past year we tried to do like a, a Patsy show, Patsy slash free for all jamboree. I'm sure you guys have talked about Patsy's daydream. Oh, do you see Chris smiling? Actually, yeah, all three of us play in that together. Yeah, I was going to say, we're all in every band together. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we had like, we did a Patsy set and then after the set break, it just sort of turned into like free for all, whoever wants to play. Started grabbing instruments. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, and I was like the sound guy on my birthday, like packed room. Friends, you ever have those, the, collision of like your friends from different circles are all meeting up and it's like all my weird music friends like all my tea friends are meeting like my friends from college and stuff who you know i don't hang out with anyone that doesn't like good music but they're not as ingrained with the the artist wacky culture you know right so there's just a lot of and your parents were awkwardness that's fine they're always a blast i mean, I mean yeah they're, they're, they're a riot chill. they're so fun uh, well, I kevin's parents i think i took a rumpy with my mom that night actually <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but yeah kevin didn't have fun well, and then so i didn't I, he he so walked out after backing up all the gear and being the sound man and then also like playing the officiator in the in the disorganized chaotic jam yeah. and one of his friends tries to pie him in the face and he just drives home uh, <laughs> oh. he left he just so, left yeah it became our mission after we saw how much fun it became my mission after seeing how much fun he was having to make sure he had even more fun <laughs> oh which yeah he appreciated so much well every little thing added just to the fury meter and it was like his KP's mom thought chill. it was funny too. That oh, was the she best was part. cracking oh up. Like we got a video of him trying to get pied and she's like dying. She's like, thinks it's hilarious. And he's like about to commit vehicular manslaughter trying to get out of that <laughs> parking lot. Yeah, dude, I was, I was like ready to just go home and call it a night. Cause I've historically just been, uh, a bad sport on my birthday. You know, I just, I'm just like, Kevin doesn't like his birthday. I, I just don't want to be bothered. I, it's just like, I, I feel that for sure. Uh, but this one was the the peak botherdom. It's <laughs> like everyone's going to bother me tonight. And Especially all the responsibility of having to run the sound and then host the show and like play a good Patsy set. Yeah. And then like <laughs> and then uh, and then like entertain all your guests that are like different groups. And that's just like already anxiety ridden as it is. It is, it is a lot. Yeah. And uh we should have just gone bowling. And we <laughs> <laughs> zip lining, you know, something to keep in mind. I like that. <laughs> something chill. Let's go bowling, dude. And That's not, what we're doing next year. Yeah, not inviting any of us. Yeah, you guys are not invited. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get a lane for one <laughs> and bowl against myself and get pissed off when I win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the pie, I mean, so Quinn, my buddy Quinn, uh, showed up and we have a, uh, tradition of, you know, whether it be Snapchat or just like text videos, it'll be really good song. Instead of just sending your friend a song, like, Hey, check this out. It's just a video of you listening to the song with just a nasty stank face. You know, it's just like, Oh, and he, 
has been compiling these for years and made the little pointy birthday party hats <laughs> covered in these screenshots and including <laughs> it wasn't just screenshots. It was also like bad drunk photos of me like passed out <laughs> drooling on myself and stuff completely unique like a hundred hats no repeat photos and so everyone's wearing these hats of my most embarrassing moments it's just like a recipe for Isn't that fantastic? that's so good i love that <laughs> but you know what, man? That's like a great sign that people really love you. They do. You know what I mean? For reasons inexplicable. Yeah, but we still haven't figured it out, but <laughs> no, that's something going on. That's awesome. And he can, uh, you know, he can handle what he takes, what he uh, dishes out. That's true. That's true. Yeah, because he likes that to, one night. He likes to dish it out. Well, believe me, Kevin Beacon loves to dish it out. <laughs> but he can handle. He can handle it. Oh, he can take it. Bro. This <laughs> one's been pretty tame so far. He's, he can take more than yeah, you it's, can give. <laughs> it's true. The boy loves to be abused. <laughs> well, it's just not on my birthday. Yeah, that's where I draw the line. Fair. Three hundred sixty-four days a year. It's on. Though. It's it's full on. I don't remember if it's sadist or masochist. Both. Give me yeah. them both. I'll take, I'll fill both those roles. <laughs> oh my God. All dude. day long. Yeah. So his song, all of his songs are sad. So you can guess well, what all my <laughs> songs are like. Yeah. So we do kind of have so that songs are the best. fully self-proclaimed. No one has said, this is one of those, like, I wish someone gave me this compliment, you know, like the Brian May thing. I've never gotten that. That was fucking awesome. But, uh, I have this like fantasy of us doing kind of a Paul and John thing, like from the Beatles, because all my stuff is pretty dark and, you know, grungy, whatever. And Jude just got like these love songs that are so pretty and palatable, you know, and it's like I would never compare us to the Beatles, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that dichotomy is starting to develop and I'm not against it. I'm not opposed to it. I was going to actually make a mention of that. Well, <laughs> she's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a mention of that. Cause I, that was the first thing that came into my mind was that like the song sound, like the new single sounds kind of like Beatles esque yeah. influence, you know, like m- mid sixties Beatles era. Yeah. I feel like, we sent Patrick a lot of references. And so the first two were recorded um, with Jacob at Pine Studios. Okay. So he also, killer engineer, you know. Oh, that, yeah. We had a great experience there too. Um, but you can definitely hear the difference in production, just switching, you know, switching team almost for, for this newest one. Um, but that paired with the difference in songwriter like i feel like we we've tapped into like a whole different mm-hmm. thing the first two almost sound like a different band which for better or worse you know yeah um, and i think i think it fits the uh, individual songs needs too mm-hmm. like with uh give and take you know that's it's almost like a country song and it, there needs to be like a clean and dry sound Bro. to that Bro. and this this, which is what Jacob does really well he, mm-hmm. he does like the clean and dry stuff and then and then my song is just, is very different it's wet and like psychedelic and it's got more dimensions but also to like it. poppy and stuff yeah 
Yeah, I definitely got that. That uh, what was uh, the the one before that called? The first or second? The second one. Uh, give and take. Give and take. Rain, yeah. That that one. Yeah, that one had much more of like an Americana kind of vibe. Yeah. I felt like almost like Grateful Dead esque. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like at the end when it gets like kind of more jammy sounding Casey, and yeah, 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 which is yep. pretty dope. And, and November, I really liked a lot too. Cool. That was like that had more of like a to me like a. Uh, this this is a compliment. I just want to preface like a '90s rock kind of vibe mm-hmm. to it, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I thought, but they're all they stand on their own, definitely like individually. They're not uh, like the, like they're all very different from each yeah. other for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I almost would categorize. Um, I said that really weird, but uh, November. That's kind of like. We only have three songs out right now, but you know the the project has been developing over the last year and a half, two years, whatever. And November is kind of in that first wave of Starcaller original sound. Like a lot of the stuff from when a lot of the stuff that I brought in when we were forming the band. That I'm like, hey, these are my you know acoustic demos. Like th- a lot of them sound more along those lines. Like sort of '90s alt influenced for sure okay and then give and take and worth it are more those are some of like the newer songs we have but they're you know we all liked them so much that we kind of pushed a lot of stuff down the queue Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm excited for where it's gonna go because it's already taken such a a roller coastery ride in terms of sound you know yeah totally and do you think you're gonna go back and revisit the other tunes or do you want to just kind of move on no there's there's too many not to go back we we're gonna have to go back for a a few good few yeah yeah Yeah. and um you know there's there's a lot of those that we'll do like as star caller but there's also like a handful of those that we'll probably also do as duo or just duo that we have Kevin's written a lot of stuff for, for like a, uh, piano sax. I mean, not piano sax, <laughs> muscle memory, uh, piano guitar duo stuff mm-hmm. between the two of us. Yeah, it's kind of the the star color reject pile where, because everything, um, it's kind of weird. I think a lot of bands are like this, but um, the stuff we usually bring in tunes like we're not really, you're not going to see like a Jeremy Prince, Kevin Pekin co-write very often, you know? Um, so far, like all the tunes we have out are like single writer style. So we're usually bringing in tunes that we already kind of have an idea of what we want to where we want to go with them. Um, and for me, 98% of the time it starts on acoustic guitar, you know? Yeah. So the stuff that I'm like, eh, this probably won't translate to the electric rock band um, setting. Like we can still do a sort of chill, stripped down kind of version of that. Yeah. And how often are you writing that it's just that you can afford to just throw songs into another project and not <laughs> worry about not having music for Starcaller? I mean, we just have there's like a pretty big stockpile right now. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I'm writing a lot still, um, you know, at least like ideas, a riff or something every few days or whatever. Okay. But full song flushing out is has not been as frequent. Um, but 
you know, I had one of those like breakup uh, songwriting renaissance periods a couple of years ago where there's just like, we still haven't even gotten through all that stuff, you know? Wow. So, um, you gotta be constantly writing and, you know, reinventing yourself or whatever. But the having like a, a good base of like, we need some material. We got it. You know, that's, that's been really cool. Yeah. The backlog Helpful. is important yeah. for sure. It's frustrating though, man. Cause the new stuff, like some of the newer star caller stuff we've been writing has been like upbeat fusiony instrumentals, you know, like, uh Oh yeah. Which, <laughs> which, you know, has nothing to do with the stuff that we have out. Um, kind of encroaching on me and Jeremy's turf a little bit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> shout out time wise quintet. Yeah. You better shout them out. Uh, yeah. Fucking release out. the videos already. God damn it. Release the cracking. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's some clips out there. You'll see them. Yeah. Some clips. <laughs> it's frustrating having all this new stuff and this new sound and you're like, we still need to get all the stuff out that we already have, you know? Yeah, totally. So, um, playing live, um, I think you have, you know, the floor is yours. It's not like, all right, here's a thousand dollars every song or whatever. Right. It's like, you can play whatever you got. So, um, our live shows are a lot like we have a lot more stuff than is presented online so far, mm -hmm. you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think it, I don't think it really has to make sense either. No, it's like in terms of like, Oh, this was our, this was our nineties alternative phase. This was our, uh, modern contemporary instrumental phase. This is our like singer songwriter poppy phase. Like it doesn't really have to make sense. Like, I feel like just putting out as much as you can is mm. the best protocol to follow. Yeah. I think there's definitely, um, examples of artists out there that are jumping genre wise, you know, and releasing music that's, uh, you know, every album has its own mm -hmm. flavor to it. And that could be, I mean, Corey Wong is a great example of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But even earlier than that, Stevie wonder was like doing these amazing pop funk R&B songs and then would like just throw a fusion song in there just for shits and giggles you know oh it's so it's sprinkled that fusion is a little sprinkled on all even the pop stuff yeah yeah for I sure I definitely get what you're saying yeah so it's like so I think that but there's to me like there's a way that you do it because like you don't want to sell yourself as one thing mm -hmm. and then then just take a left turn you know like you want to kind of at least the way that I would think about it is like like the the band itself would be like pushed as a band that diversifies its music you know what yeah. i mean mm -hmm. so people know what they're buying into before because otherwise it's like you put out a record and then they they really like this thing yeah and then without even letting people know um you're gonna do like a whole different thing and then they don't like that and then you have to find a new fan base and it's like a whole it can be a little tricky you know yeah. but i think there's definitely a way to do it and i think nowadays there's like no better time to be, um, you know, explorative in how you approach that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. 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 It's yeah, true. I feel like, um, and it's always best in hindsight to like, before you put like, put out something full length to 
have a good bit of singles or like EPs or whatever. And then you can kind of start to group things together for like what they are. But yeah, I I really just say that coming from a place of we only have three singles Mm -hmm. out. Like, let's just, let's just keep the ball rolling. And then like, we'll be able to put out full length albums of like, all these are, have lyrics or like, these are instrumentals. This is like an instrumental album and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, quantity. Yeah, totally. So what's the, uh, if if you're writing in this kind of more fusion-y instrumental kind of way, what's the resistance to just moving forward with that and not revisiting the the stuff in the past? I'm not even suggesting that's what you should do. I'm just curious as to why you wouldn't want to just go down that road. Just start, like, go where the, the wave takes us? Yeah. Well, I mean... I don't know. We we haven't completely uh, established ourselves as anything yet. I don't right. Think, exactly. You know? That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. So, you know, if it if things start going well in that direction, and the stuff is hard. I mean, we're we're not completely tight on all the new stuff that we've been bringing in. You know, um, but I definitely think, um, you know. We played a show with the band Matcha from Gainesville uh, probably about a month ago, a little more, at 1904. And um, they brought such a, a danceable, like, upbeat, fun, fun, like, everything they did was, you you never stopped moving, you know? And so um, with the Starcaller stuff, we're, we're definitely songwriting-oriented up until this point. Um, but the newer, when I, you know, when I describe like the, the more fusiony, funky stuff, it's, it's written with the kind of intention of like, we want this to move. We want to, we want everybody dancing. We want some booties shaking out there, you know? Oh yeah. Um, and if that ends up being our vein where like you, you come and see us to, to rock out and dance you know i i wouldn't have a problem with that but um we do have these songs that we also love you know that um we love performing and i think we can speak for the other the rhythm section um they they love the tunes you know so i I don't think we'll ever move to a point of like we don't do our old stuff anymore yeah but who knows you know the future is a mysterious lady yeah totally totally (laughs) Yeah, we don't even have old stuff to not do yeah. yet. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear uh, the rest of the stuff that you guys put out. I think it's going to be, uh, I mean, if it's anything, if you're approaching the writing anyways, anything similar to what you guys have already put out, then that's very exciting. Mm-hmm. There's there's really a, like a cool thing happening right now in Jacksonville. There's like a new kind of surge, I feel like. Um, when I first moved here, it was like, you know, Park Urban Band was doing their thing and Herd of Watts was doing their thing and you had Greenhouse Lounge and Lucky Costello and there was like this emerging jam band Mm -hmm. kind of scene and it was blowing up and it was like very attractive to somebody who was coming from a scene that I didn't really know what was happening down south. And then all that kind of started to settle for a while and then there wasn't really a lot going on and now it seems like there's this kind of next generation like you guys that are starting these cool... um, really song driven bands like the jam band thing isn't so prevalent mm-hmm. right now but i kind of like the song driven stuff because i think oh, that yeah. there's 
there's more, um, I don't know, I think it draws a different kind of uh, audience member and it draws a different kind of attention from, you know, not to get like too whatever with it, but like, you know, money people and stuff, you know, like people invest in things that are marketable. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. where a lot, you know, we had Tori Nance on last week and mm-hmm. uh, you guys on Parks and Raz and like, all this, you know, Madison Grace and a lot of the songwriters that are kind of emerging now. It's it's cool to see that, you know. Yeah, I, I can definitely feel that shift. And I think, at least for me, I think I was a, a little late on the, I don't want to say the peak or fall or whatever, but um, the, the sort of jam bubbling explosion, you know, that you're uh, referring to. I was kind of late to the, the punch on that. I mean, most of those bands, you just named like weren't even around by the time I got to Jack's. Right. Um, but I can definitely feel the, the shift. And again, I mean, you know, not a Jacksonville band per se, but flip turn, for example, mm-hmm. like very song driven, you oh, know, yeah. it's not, they're not a jam band no. at all at no. all. It's, it's songs really well arranged and orchestrated and planned out, thought out trash panda again Super trash panda. Yeah. and totally. and live they do have the element of like these here's the songs that you know from our records but we're gonna take it someplace and you might hear an improvised synth solo or guitar solo you know and that has been super influential on us um mm. in terms of focusing on the song and bringing it to life bringing from your imagination to you know the real world whatever um but we love to jam and we love the dead we love jam bands so we have no um reservations about taking it to a new place and maybe not doing it just like just so every night you know totally um and see i feel like that's that's where um it helps with the marketing too you know to uh you bring up like uh dead and co for example you know, chicks like it because there's John Mayer, John Mayer <laughs> right? Like singing songs, um, and then guys like it because it's Bob Weir and you know Phil Lesh and all those guys jamming out. And um, um, Phil left. It's O'Teal. It's kind of the. It's kind. <laughs> well, yeah. My bad. Uh, O'Teal. <laughs> Phil so doesn't even like they, it they anymore. Look, <laughs> yeah. It's okay that they look exactly the same. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> we need that sound effect, bro. I'm telling you. Where are these sound effects? <laughs> Mickey does Am I, are they just not either. coming? Yeah, they're, here? they're no. coming straight to the mains. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's kind of the same it's way like with man. with Dave Matthews Band too. You I was know, just gonna say that you get Phil Lesh plays with Dave Matthews too. This song yeah. Running, yeah, yeah. Phil Lesh gets confused for Stefan Lassard all, yeah. all the time. <laughs> you get the the. The poppy stuff and the jammy stuff kind of mi- mixing together in its own yeah. unique fuse. Uh, as of now, to me, and of course, I'm a raging Dave fan. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, but he sort of sits right at the pinnacle on the graph of, you know, songwriter like these are very song driven. This is like a guy's introspective, you know, he's pulling right from the soul. Well orchestrated. If you listen to the record, it's like a, a very composed and arranged piece of music, but they can jam like lunatics. So they'll take this thing 
that you're familiar with. And, you know, for me, I'm like all about it. I love this tune. And then they will just jam it into a crazy new place that you didn't know it could go, you know? A hundred percent. So that's, I think that that element is, I don't see us straying from that, you know, anytime soon. The, the, the thought and the song as a, a, you know, a, a concrete slab, whatever, like the, the song exists. It's not a free for all, but we're gonna, we're gonna stretch it. And, you know, like November, um, we've always, even before we recorded it, we've always done that ending, um, you know, the, the progression, like we go back to that, uh, and there typically it's a free sax solo, like however much space he wants, we'll give it to him and we can bring it up as much as we want, you know, and then kind of soft ending. But on the record, I'm like, Jude, let's make this like a four minute song. Yeah, exactly. Let's give you eight bar or eight or 16, whatever it was. And that was weird. Like that was different for us. We weren't used to it. And I think even like solo wise, you had to change your approach a lot. Mm -hmm. And it came out beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I've always, I've always like, I've always been interested in both aspects in like their own regards too. So like being able to bring them together and incorporate improvisation into like a, a song with lyrics and really specific parts is like, is the best to me. Yeah. I wouldn't want to ever give, give up one just to like stay with another. Like I want both. Yeah, (laughs) no, I totally, um, empathize with that. Cause like there's, I think, you can kind of reach a broader audience too, because there are people like myself that want the album experience mm-hmm. and then you want the live experience. Exactly. Right. So if you can yeah. promise, and there are, there are some people that want both experiences to be the same and that's totally cool too. Yeah. But like, you know, for a band that if you want to build like a culture within your band, mm-hmm. um, like Dave Matthews has done. And then, you know, further down the line and the jam stuff with like fish and the dead and all sure. that, like, I think you have to give people a different experience every time live. And that's what the improv element adds. Like people can, will buy multiple shows or whatever. If I know I'm going to see the same show, I'm just going to see one show and I'll wait for the next tour, you know? Mm -hmm. But so it's cool to be able to do that. And then also have this polished, you know, highly thoughtful music being recorded for the record, you know? So I think it really, you definitely broaden the base a lot by doing that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And even looking further ahead, you know, we're not touring right now, but say we were touring in, you know, three or four years or whatever. And we were playing, you know, two, three nights in a row, like multiple times throughout the tour. I wouldn't want to venue multiple nights. Yeah. Same venue, multiple nights, or even just back to back nights Mm -hmm. in different cities, what have you. I wouldn't want to play the same show every single time, like the same hour set. And it kind of gets down to like deeper to like your kind of the identity that you have as a performer. And um, yeah, I mean, I like one of my favorite bands is Fish that Mm -hmm. you just mentioned. And like they, they do that so well and I feel like that's why they keep such a huge fan base is because they give you a different show every night and 
there's certain songs that they'll play in the, in the beginning of their set that'll make you think, oh, they did this song. They they might go into this right. vein of their music now, mm-hmm. and it's like the, tonight's show is gonna be kind of like this, right? As opposed to like last night, they opened up with this song, so it's gonna kind of be in like this 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 vein over here that kind of overlaps with that vein, and um, it just it just adds like so much mystery to the shows. I feel like like. And it just has the audience going like, oh, what are they going to do next? Yeah, 100%. I can't believe they just pulled that out, you know. That's part of building the culture and the music, you know. So you get people to kind of have a discussion about it. And then it opens opens up the conversation about, you know, what's going to happen. And then it builds the hype. And then people want to go and they want to buy the ticket to the next show and all that. And then they want to buy the merch because then the merch can have something to fall back on, right? So if you can, like, build the concept of, you know, a show into the merchandise, right? Mm. Like little uh, Easter eggs or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. little things like that that help to build the culture um, in the music, you know? No, oh, it's so true. And it gives it all staying power. Dave Matthews has been around for 30 plus years, mm-hmm. you know, and Fish has been around longer. And then the Roughly, Dead has yeah, been long, around longer, than, obviously. And so th- those bands have the staying power because it, it not only makes it interesting for the fans, but it makes it fun for you guys too. Oh, yeah. And ultimately, like, you know, the fans are super important, um, the music, but if you guys don't enjoy what you do, there's nothing for people to appreciate, you know? Mm-hmm. So keeping it fresh for you, I think is super, super important. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, you know, we've discussed the idea and I'm, I'm totally confident that we could be a, you know, the term indie doesn't really mean anything. But like yeah. when you think of an indie rock band, like, you go see their show and these guys they're on tour they have a set you know and it's start to finish like it's a whole planned out thing this song goes right into this whatever you know even up down to the talking points and the jokes in between songs like we could absolutely be that band you know we we have the the material and the you know forethought like we could and can might you know do have a a choreographed set where we're like we're gonna do this every night for this run or whatever but we also love to jam and and stretch it out and see where it can take us and that brings up sort of a a tough you know cognitive dissonance like a tough choice but you almost don't need to make the choice that could kind of be who we are is you know we can absolutely come out and bang out a, a three or four song tight medley or at least like uh tell a a story and then you know next song we could play a 12 minute sax solo or whatever you know so i think uh those that dichotomy like is always going to be present in in what we do um and even the the fan the culture of both like the the songwritery song-based indie pop rock kind of deal where like you have everyone singing along and you know like 18 to 25 year olds going crazy i'm all about that you know i'm i would love to be that kind of band keep the energy up play you know bills with three four other indie bands keep it rocking keep it upbeat but i also love the jam scene i love the feeling of a you know quote unquote jam band show you know, you go see like Sauce Pocket is, 
you go to a Sauce Pocket show and they may not even have a set list. Like it might just be full on improv. Right. And you won't know, you don't know if you don't know them. You know, I hang out with this guy way too much. I, I can notice every little thing, but if you were to go see Sauce Pocket and you realize like, has this been, is this the same song? Like, I don't even know where I'm at, but my feet are moving and everyone's going crazy. Everyone's having a great time. You know, I, I love the jam culture. I want that. I don't want to stray too far from that. You know? Yeah, totally. I, I always want us to be, uh, artists that could fit right in at Swanee or, you know, any of these jammy minded festivals, e-forest, whatever. Yeah. And you know, you already have like, Obviously, there's that jam scene at Sewanee, but then you also have like these indie artists coming in, like uh, you know, like Flip Turn or or Mount Joy or mm-hmm. like uh, you know, Briston Maroney was on that 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 big festival. Land. They got canceled, you know. Yeah, so there's shame that was. there's already like these scenes are already like are already merging very much. So you know, like when we were at Okeechobee. You, we you had like trash pan and sauce pocket there, but then like it was at like an EDM festival. Yeah, like that doesn't, you know, where's you know I see some con- some connections like along the way, but if you can merge that together in a festival, then you can merge anything. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, it, that's kind of you know been. It's funny like every generation has the thing that starts to merge with the jam, like the jam band world stays constant, right? It's like, it's there, they have their festivals, they have their crowds. And then every like decade or so you have a new genre of music that wants to start dipping its toes in that world. You know, in the nineties, it was like the blues rock stuff and some of the poppy or stuff like counting crows. And like, we're trying to like kind of get in there and black crows and that kind of stuff. And then all the crow bands, all the crow fucking crow bands, bro. They're all the same, bro. (laughs) Um, and then like Nickelback. Yeah. <laughs> and then like the, the late nineties, early two thousands, you kind of have, um, you know, a lot of like the jazz guys started to really kind of get into that world. And then you have now like the indie scene is, is starting to like kind of dip their toe. I mean, they've been doing it for a little bit, but now you're starting to see it like really a lot more prevalent. So, but I think what's, so it's interesting that that's kind of like, it's, it's a, it's a sought after market because the fans are very, open-minded about as long as they can as long as it's good and authentic it doesn't really matter the fans will will appreciate it and um but what's cool about where you guys are at right now i think is that there's like really no lane that you have to pick at the moment you just keep doing what feels right for you Mm -hmm. and being authentic and eventually you'll play every single show you can hop on a show with sauce pocket you can hop on a show with trash panda you can hop on a show with whoever you want and you can really like there's just, there's no standard yet. No one expects anything at the moment, Yep. you know, and then Enjoy. eventually you'll find your, 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 your people and then you'll kind of, you know, you'll pick a lane and you'll start going. But like, that's just, you know, it's such a beautiful time for where you guys are at. Yeah. You know, I'm stoked about it. It's fun just talking about it. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and that's, I think that, uh, that whole ideology, um, of, you know, open-mindedness and, good is good. You know, a a country song can be good. A rap song can be good. If it's an authentic, really well done version of whatever it is, I'm going to like, like, you know, us as we are always thinking about things through the, the fan lens, like we're such music fans, you know, all everyone in this room, we are all players and identify ourselves as musicians, but 
we didn't start doing this just because like a guitar felt cool in my hand. Like we all are love music and, and all music, you know? So there's no reason that, um, we can't sell ourselves as that to people like minded, you know, who are, who are down for whatever, as long as it, it makes them feel something and it's not some watered down, you know, you can't be like a wannabe of anything. You got to just be you. And, and if it's cool, mm-hmm. you know, it'll catch on. Yeah. It just, it's just it's what good. happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really have to make sense. No, yeah, I don't think anything I just said made any sense. No. <laughs> Chris is going to have some sniffing to do. Oh, he's, he always comes in and sees me working on the podcast and he doesn't realize how much he's queued up for me this week. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's going to be like a 14-minute episode after I cut it all out. shovel out. <laughs> Good. Scooping. Um, uh, I was going to say something. I just lost my train of thought. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, it, Pretty part for the course. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for pointing at me, asshole. Name one good thing you've done this whole time. <laughs> Dude, nothing. I turned the camera off. Um, off? Yeah, I, I didn't get the mic stand out of the car for Anton. You looked up a Paul Walker fact. I, yeah. was, I was late. That's all did. Everything. You were like, yeah, just do all the things that I did. Yeah. Yeah, your phone went off in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. 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 What is it, your first episode or yeah. 129th? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Um. Fuck, dude! I really had a point that I wanted to. Was it a was it a foot thing? Was it? <laughs> what, <'cause that's, laughs> it was a footnote, actually. Pop, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a footnote. Yeah. <laughs> I just realized how far we've come from the real main idea of this episode. I know, which is the yeah. foot. The, the foot, foot thing. thing. We need to really, yeah. yeah let's get <laughs> back to this. I, <laughs> fuck, dude. There's a. All right, wait. Let me. So we were talking open-minded music fans, fan of everything. You know. Yeah. If there's no lane. Is that, yeah, is that starting to ring any bells? No, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, there's other things afoot to talk about. <laughs> How nice are your feet? <laughs> my feet? Yeah. I've, my feet are actually not bad. <laughs> Although I am a little concerned because my Willa had not great feet, and I hope that I don't get those feet when I get older. Yeah. So My dad's got some troll feet that I've inherited. So, uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. They're already kind of curling and gnarling, so. Yeah, that's how mine are looking, too, these days. But yours are, like, fucking, you got, like, a, a stump for a foot in these yeah, little, like, I got, tiny <laughs> appendages. These things are just popping off. I got, <laughs> 13, I got 13 wides. Okay. Um, <laughs> wides. And, um, you know, there's an app I'm going to try checking out. You're not grabbing shit with those toes, bro. Uh, no, these are definitely <laughs> stompers, not grabbers. <laughs> yeah. Stompers. <laughs> yeah. the fuck, bro? Yeah, these are stompers. <laughs> You need a. You need your. They're they're wide. Um, they've been stepped on by horses a lot, so they're. they're I'm convinced they're just a little flatter than most. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Well, I grew up on a horse farm, so like. Oh, my, you have flat feet. Well, they didn't start off that way, they but they've been flat. broken enough. <laughs> they didn't to, start off. Mm. They're 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 wides. They because they were thirteen narrows at first, and then they just got <laughs> flattened out. Okay. By, yep. I've lost okay. interest in this conversation. <laughs> Let's, uh, anyway, check out my feet finder. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know where this conversation originated. <laughs> yeah, where, where did it originate? Where did we spur no idea. This idea from. <laughs> um, well, we can go do some unpopular opinions if you guys are down for that. I'm super down. Fuck yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Uh, I got one. Chris, you want to start us off? This yeah, week? I'm pointing between two at the moment. I'm trying to pick which one I'm going to go with. It's oh. a, opinions, you know, right? Well, there's yeah. You got to save one for the next week. I guess. It's true. 
Um, well, yeah, I've got like a backlog on my phone. Damn. Yeah. yeah I got a lot of opinions. Yeah, bro. He's an opinionated guy. It's great. Um, so I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think, uh, Voicemails are just obsolete at this point. I don't uh, think we need them. A couple of phone, a couple of phone ones in a in a row, but we don't need them anymore. Like the only time I use a, a voicemail is getting used is someone says, "Hey, call me back." No shit, you. I have a missed call from you. I'm going to call you back. That was the voicemail. Yeah. And then you could also just type out your thing to me. Like no no info has been used in a voicemail in a hot second. I agree. I think voicemails are pretty relevant. I, unless you're like breaking up with your girlfriend or something. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> no, that's yeah, uh, that you need a boy. That you need to just. If she doesn't answer, just leave her voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> my my one counterpoint. I fucking love that. That's a great method. <laughs> yeah, and then you're free. Try you can do whatever you want. Is this a dating advice podcast now? It could I be. Think, see, we're talking about finding a lane. Whatever works. You yeah, know? you know. If, if that ends up being the if the that, audience. I'm not shying away from a good date conversation. A good date, good <laughs> date combo. Uh, my only counterpoint to that is that um, Siri has gained the ability to transcribe voice messages. Yes. So if you get a voicemail and you don't want to listen to it, like she usually has it scripted out for you to read, and sometimes it's really off and like the. Translation isn't quite there, and they're really funny. Yeah, oh, see what? <laughs> so for enter, you like it for entertainment value? I do, I do. Okay. I'm never gonna like whoever that was. You're not gonna call back. Yeah. But <laughs> I got a, a laugh out of it. You know? Yeah. Well, well, what I thought you were gonna say is that Siri has um, <laughs> been the voice of your voicemail. Is what I thought you were gonna say. You wish. Yeah, it's pretty close though. You wish. Uh, yeah. To I, have like I a. I feel like mine is a little more personality. Siri, I love you, but we'll yeah, but a the kind of you know young female answering the phone is. Oh, I get, I get. You were getting that. that, that speaking, was I knew it was going to come up. Okay. <laughs> speaking of yeah, speaking of voicemails, <clears throat> uh, we're going to play KPs. This has been talked about a few times, and uh, really, I just want to know what's up with that. You know, yeah. who, you're wait. just calling me to say what's up. Yeah. Also, who, I just called to say. Who is that? What the fuck? Uh, what nine-year-old girl is yeah, on took your, your phone. voicemail? <laughs> can we pl- can we play it? Play it. Oh uh, yeah, Let's actually, we are gonna. Let's call KP. I we couldn't feel do the climate of this podcast <laughs> turning to a very incriminating note. <laughs> incriminating note. I don't I mean, find what, this to be what? fun at all. <laughs> the game is afoot. What girl was like selling you Girl Scout cookies and then held you hostage? What here do we, we go. got? Here, here well, why don't I just decline it? So don't oh, perfect. Fuck. No yeah. off. No. Well, if you decline it, it'll just go right to voicemail, right? Uh, that's true. Oh, that's go right. faster. in the worst spot. Okay. Chris Underdahl. Oh, this guy can kick rocks. <laughs> Ending. Whoa. Hi, you've reached Kevin Pekin. Um, not here to take your call right now because I don't want to buy your Girl Scout cookies. Please leave a message. Thanks. Beep. That's a nine-year-old girl. <laughs> I feel the like box is full and cannot accept any messages oh. at this time. Goodbye. <laughs> this so you, had to go, this is... you had to go through the whole no, no, that's <laughs> torture not... of the nine-year-old voicemail oh, just to find out just to you be can't denied. leave one. That that is that you for real? That's <laughs> me at age ten, I believe, ten or eleven. <sighs> wow, what a drastic difference. 
It's, I mean, I guess it's been 12 years, but still. I can't believe it's still like. <laughs> still, like I've had so many phones since then, but I guess your voicemail is your voicemail. Just, I mean, you, you, you change like your it. social change security it. number. And now it's, <laughs> I'm locked in. Yeah, I'm locked in. <laughs> I'm locked in. Yeah, why don't you show them that next, it's, Chris? It, it sounds I'll pull like. It, up in post. it sounds like. Um, it sounds like you inhaled a bunch of helium. Mm-hmm. I might have. I don't think so, though. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Maybe I did do that or no. I don't remember. That's so the wild. The little girl dude. in him is always trying to escape, and that's just something we got to remember. <laughs> the little girl in my room is always trying to escape. So who? Okay. Well, <laughs> can confirm. She's just, guys. Why are you trying? <laughs> so who? We had to call a locksmith to get that door relocked okay. the other day. <laughs> Mister Cluster, fuck over there. <laughs> Oh man, that's that's wild, man. It's that's getting way too personal. Okay, I love it. <laughs> All right, who's next? Um, Not me. I hope. <sighs> Jeremy, you got an unpopular opinion? Hmm. Give me a rain check on that one, JP. Ah, I do. I have one. Um. So, scenes in movies where there's a band playing. Can we start casting musicians as musicians in oh, movies? I've always it's been curious acting. about that. It's well, they cast actors and they don't know how to play. So you're hearing the song and just seeing like, ah, like what I, I don't know if there's a, a g- like legit reason, but I would really like to start seeing more accurate portrayals of musicianship in movies. I feel like that was an older thing. I feel like it's gotten better now. You think so? A little bit. Like not it's not completely fixed, but like Andy from the office. He can Ed, play. Ed Helms he plays. Play. Um uh say uh Sandberg um Andy Sandberg. Adam, yeah. Well, okay. Sandler. Like there's there's well, you're certain- talking about Actors and comedians that can play music, which is different yeah, than, than people than that an are, actor that can't play music. No, it. it's but he's saying that like when when there's bands playing in movies that's or TV I'm, shows. That's what I'm saying. But there's some there's some elements where the actors can play. Yeah, like I'm I'm okay if you cast Andy Samberg. Like I'm talking, you know, party scene. There's a band playing. Yeah, he's talking about the so, extras and in, it's in just a movie. Terrible yeah. miming. You could cast if the actors know how to play guitar like that might be something to look for on the resume for guitar player one i'm curious if they don't if because i've i've watched some movies recently and i can't remember which ones they were but where i've seen the bands um play in the background and i'm curious as to whether or not they're like hiring a corporate band or something to come and just be there because sometimes you watch the way they interact and you're like that could be they look like they could be musicians like they don't really know what being in front of a camera, I don't know. You know what I mean? Maybe it's the, uh, maybe they are casting musicians and they're just so bad at acting that maybe the, the inverse is true. Maybe exactly. they need to start casting actors. Actors. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'll do some research. <laughs> I've always been curious about that myself though, because I'm like, well, especially in places like LA where it's such a, like the worlds are yeah. just so ingrained. Yeah. Like you, you think like maybe, like if they're casting a band, they could just easily find a corporate band. Like you wouldn't need to go through the casting process of like looking at different people. You just like hire a corporate band and just come and stand on stage for a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, I've always, I've been curious about that. Yeah. Mm. I just think of like, like, like um, the back to the future scene where they're playing. And yeah. Like it's clearly just lit, you know, they're yeah. not, they're not really trying. Yeah. Like that's the quintessential terrible examples, but like there's some, 
Like uh, Whiplash got kind of close, you know what I mean, with like uh, the whole drumming and stuff like that. That and he doesn't play. I think he took drum lessons, but I don't think he played drums before that. I think they made him just be like, "Here's how you hold it, and here's yeah. how you mime." They did that with a uh, Gary Oldman in Immortal, uh, where he plays Beethoven. Do you guys ever watch that movie? No. It's Immortal Beloved. Great movie, uh, and he plays Beethoven, and he didn't play piano before that, and then he learned to play piano for this movie and he's playing all the pieces like Damn. himself, Whoa. which is fucking wild. See, that's that's insane. That, yeah. I guess that's kind of more what my point was leading to, which okay. maybe is not that unpopular, but I, I want to see more convincing portrayals of me. Like if there's music sure. playing in and it's supposed to be in the scene, like I want to see someone actually playing it. Cause I can tell, you know, it's like, Come on, guys. You're going to spend a hundred million bucks on this movie, and I can still see this guy playing guitar like behind the the bridge or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah. that. There was a good one in uh, the Tarantino movie, The Hateful Eight, when the chick played. Um, the prisoner chick, she played. Uh, she was actually playing. She was solid. Was it? Yeah. Did okay. you hear about uh, how they smashed the guitar, too? No, oh, yeah. know about that. The you know Martin, about that one. Like the D forty. Yeah, it was like it was. it was like they got like a eighteen seventies Martin on loan Mm-mm. from the Martin um, shop as an accurate prop, and like they forgot to swap it out, and the guy like destroys the guitar in the scene and destroyed like the. Oh, no. I don't. Th- I don't think they forgot to swap oh. it. I heard uh, Tarantino talk about this on a podcast. No, I don't think they forgot to swap it. I'm pretty sure. That they that they did it. That they, they I mean they purposely smashed because they were trying to stay authentic to the, to the time. They they borrowed and it wasn't a loan. I'm pretty sure they bought it outright. There's no. All right, we're looking into this. Yeah, yeah. I because I have never heard that they yeah. bought a hundred thousand dollar guitar. I mean, dude, those movies have insane budgets. It's not that it's not that, that is, unrealistic. I mean, that's all right. That's pretty fucking wild. Tarantino also a, an avid foot admirer. I'm That's wondering true. if we I could have, I've tie heard that into that, our previous discussion. I've heard well, more of that than that guitar aficionado. Maybe we can see if we can send him Jeremy's profile. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, and just rate My girlfriend's you know going mean? to be so proud of me. <laughs> She's not listening to this. No, no shot. No. But, <laughs> I hope, but I hope your numbers go through the roof. All of our listeners, if you're out there, Check it out. You know what I mean? You might find something you're into. You yeah. know what I mean? You might like We'll you, put the link in the description probably, for you. you probably might, won't. You <laughs> might find something you like. <laughs> um, all right, did you come up with an unpopular opinion? Uh, okay, what you got? Uh this one might be a little off color. Send it. Man. Men and women are not created equally. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> They're, you know, they're, they're just not, they're just not, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that women are better than men or that men are better than women, but we're not created equally because we're just not like there's different roles in society and within the family that women do better than men and then vice versa. Mm-hmm. Just how it is. Yeah. Did you I, see your girlfriend naked for the first time the other day and make that <laughs> realization or what? Yeah. We're men, different. Men, <laughs> we're not equal. We're men not are way people. uglier than women. <laughs> we're not <laughs> equal. <laughs> there's certain things that women do way better, and there's certain things that men do way, way better. 
being pretty is not something that men do way better, but building railroads and infrastructure is something that men do way better. Well, and that's just, am I wrong? No, I mean, there's definitely, um, generally speaking, uh, a physical advantage that men have. Um, and then there are, uh, you know, like women are typically known to be better multitaskers. So like there's a, mm-hmm. there's definitely a dynamic where you have a protector and that like out in the world and you have a protector at home. And I think, you know, historically women have been better at protecting at home, keeping their ears and eyes open for, yeah. you know, different kinds of predators or, 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 um, or threats and yep. men are better at hunting and salvaging and things like that. And protecting His, against such threats. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- their wife tells them. Exactly. About. This That's is real. historically speaking. I, I think that <laughs> as society moves forward and it's less about, um, survival, I think that those roles definitely change though, oh, yeah. you know? So I don't think that, I think that referencing how things were 500 years ago as an accurate metric for how society should operate today is not necessarily um, the way to go, even though there's still truth into just naturally we're not equals, but that's not how it's supposed to be. Like we're not supposed to be, we're not supposed to do the same job. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I I know what you mean. Yeah. And, and um, there's, there's women out there that are like fighting for like equal pay like fuck equal pay. If you can, like, if you <laughs> <laughs> hear me out, hear me out. Hear, hear, this is unpopular opinion here. Yeah, hear yeah. Me out. You shouldn't want equal pay because if you can do something even better than a man can, then you deserve even more money than a man should. Mm-hmm. So it should never be about being equal. It should be about the money you get should be proportionate to the value that that, that you provide in society, regardless of of gender or sex. Regardless of gender. And mm-hmm. so I feel like, you know, what, uh, you know, there's a tough, back in the, back in the, on a toothpick right now. Dude. <laughs> no, why? Oh, I, I, not by me. <laughs> I'm just saying this is very unpopular and it, yeah. it's tough to make the point that I think you're trying to make without offending anyone. You know, am I wrong? If you're a woman and you do your job better than a man does their job, you should get more, get more money. money. Yeah. Okay. So why would you want to stay equal? Yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone's arguing. I, I think that that more of the point is that they should just be starting at the same place rather than like at least have the opportunity to start at the same it's, place. It's about equal opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So again, I don't no, disagree I agree with, with that. Cool. I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I just think that there needs to be a couple of, um, you know, disclosures, like agreeing that we can at least start from, from the same foundation and then go up from there, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think like, personally, I don't think there's anything conf- controversial in what you're saying. The problem is, is that, um, people don't allow for the nuance of the conversation yeah. and they're going to go right for the worst possible scenario right yeah and because you know for all practical purposes you're a you know in 2023 you're a straight straight white white male male, um (laughs) that they're going to assume the worst in in you yeah i totally agree with everything that you're saying but um but you know again you have to give people the context because otherwise you're going to jump to 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 the worst thing yeah so hopefully they listen to me explain myself afterwards yeah, and, that, and that's the problem is if people shut off the podcast oh you straight white male that was a bold opening line yeah <laughs> for sure unpopular opinions yeah, yeah. 
Sex I'm, workers are in the minority, so he is a minority guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. slice. <laughs> I am. We should look at the women that are selling their feet and see about what that uh, pay difference is looking like. Because yeah, maybe we can, we, maybe we exactly. should, maybe we should fight on your behalf to start an equal pay. Exactly. Equal pay, if not more, if Jeremy's feet are better, if Jeremy's feet are bringing in more new viewers to the site, he should be getting paid more than a chick, you know, who's, or someone of any other gender than Mr. Male Prince over here. I would the agree. The Prince of Jacksonville. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I can, we can, we can spin this into something that doesn't cancel our band forever. Yeah. I well, like it. Well, and our sweet. show. <laughs> we'll, we'll have our, and the show, you know, we'll, we'll have our team look into it. <laughs> To see what, what the, the, uh, yeah, well, the team. <laughs> our team did so good with the Paul Walker reference that <laughs> yeah we can uh, we can edit that out. <laughs> Actually, we can. I forgot how to edit. So yeah, yeah, it's, whoops. That is. That's Chris we, lied on his resume. Well, hopefully, um, isn't it pronounced Presumi? <laughs> we have hopefully uh, everyone out there uh, listens before they get offended. <laughs> no, honestly, I don't think that what you're saying should be controversial at all. I think it's pretty basic. Honestly, it's just you know again, and I I'm older than you guys. So I've been making the same arguments for since, <laughs> since you were as old as you recorded that fucking voicemail. Right. <laughs> and then yeah. the only reason why I come at, I come from that, like, like trying to like preach the context thing is because I've been just totally taken out of context on this point so many right. times. That's why he's right. in Jacksonville and they ran him out of Miami. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which by the way has developed a, sickening fusion scene since you've oh, been there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. It was me leaving that really allowed it to flourish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Open wide. I mean, bro, but Aaron Lebos and Electric Heath, like yeah. all those guys have been there since for, oh, so forever. You, yeah, I true. used to see them play when I was down there still. Like they, I mean, that's the, you know, I love Miami. It's got an amazing art community and, you know, it's got a, a great local scene that flourishes in Miami. Mm. But those guys have a real hard time getting out of there because there's there's um, there's work there, but it's also like a very hard place to leave. You know, well, there's not a six hours to get out of Florida. Exactly, you know? exactly. And if you want to hit Atlanta, it's like it's six hours to get out of well, yeah, six seven hours to get out of Florida, and then like your next major city is Atlanta, which is another five. It's, exactly. it's almost so. like going from like Savannah to New York or something like that. Yeah, it's wild. That's going from crazy Miami, crazy that that comparison is pretty valid. Yeah, it's like 14 hours or something. It's probably, the, yeah, it's like 14 hours a year from like Savannah or Charleston to New York. Yeah. Are you looking up those those foot statistics over there? It's better than I thought. Really? Men are doing, we're, we're not too bad on the... It's not terrible. Women are still winning, but... They're winning. Yeah, as they should be. Yeah, yes, I mean, they, they we shouldn't women, get, it should not be equal. Women, if they they've got better, better emotional intelligence, they can multitask better <clears> and <throat> their feet just sell... They are selling like hotcakes, you know, what, yeah. <laughs> what can we do to combat that? You have to let the markets Nothing. do what they do. Capitalism boys. Am I right? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if you don't like capitalism, maybe this country isn't for you. Yeah. And I don't mean that in any kind of like harsh way, but this is a capitalistic society. Maybe you should just move to like <laughs> Netherlands or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. We're going to have to get <laughs> is Netherlands. Hey Siri, is <laughs> Am Netherlands I wrong? capitalistic? Am I wrong? <laughs> 
I mean, there's definitely, I don't, yeah, there's elements of capitalism in all of it. Yes, but. the Netherlands is a capitalist state, the first capitalist state in the history, even. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, kidding. so don't go to Netherlands then. Maybe go to, uh, maybe you should go know. to fucking communist Canada. Maybe you should go to that? school to learn what. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know what you're saying, dude. I'm with you. <laughs> I do. No, that's. There's things that men are better at on average. Yeah, these are all generalities. As such, and there's things that women on average in general are better at and deserve to be compensated fairly. I I agree. Exactly. Um, All right, so let's uh, dig Jeremy out of his hole here. Um, (laughs) I already dug myself uh, out. (laughs) Come at me, Internet. I'm I'm ready for everything. Are we talking about the football or the feminism, anti-feminism Once they see his feet, they'll forget everything that comes out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. Again, link's going to be in the description, ladies. Sax playing included. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's premium. (laughs) All right. uh, My unpopular opinion this week is that the alien hearings are bull. Shit. Mm, So tell us about the alien hearings. What the fuck happened? Let's get a a slight background. Okay. So basically what ends up happening is they have like three witnesses that come on in front of a Congress and they testify and they give basically their, I think one of them had a firsthand account or, and then the other two had like saw documents or, or had talked like spoken to people that had firsthand accounts and don't quote me on that, but it's, it's something along those lines, regardless of the fact there was no proof bringing to the table. It's just like, okay, what may, for, there was all this like hype about it in the media and people are like now coming out saying aliens are confirmed, blah, blah. blah. It's like, what makes this any different than a shitty history channel mm-hmm. documentary? Mm-hmm. I totally agree. It's just like, there's no, you, you brought no evidence to the table. I'm not even saying these guys are lying. Right. I mean, I, I would like to believe it, that what they're saying sure. is true, but without evidence, I don't understand why we went in front of Congress and had these people who have other shit to worry about take well, while we took up all that time to talk about bullshit with no evidence. They don't have that much to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had, I'm sure their their hookers didn't mind waiting an extra twenty minutes, you know. Yeah. My theory is, uh, is on that is paid ads. Paid ads. Okay. I mean they're just trying to make money. Interesting. It could also just be like a distraction though, right? Mm. Because yeah. th- then like we find that like there's a uh um at the same time this is happening, they found like a, a Chinese lab in Fresno or whatever. They had all these mice that were, that had COVID in them and they were doing testing on like gain of function research testing in this lab. And like, you know, the implication is obviously what the implication, I'm not even going to say it, it just is what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, we don't really know what was happening there. Right. So rather than like really make this the centerpiece story, we have to talk Aliens. about some other bullshit. Yeah. It happens every fucking time. There's always something that happens uh, where there's a bullshit distraction when, when we're covering. And I don't even know that's what they were trying to cover up. It could have been anything or maybe they're not trying to cover something up. It's just a little coincidental. If you ask it's, me, uh, it's the old bullfighter. It's the red cape. Like exactly. Truly Look is. over here, you know, and then we don't know. I got no clue what's going on. And so yeah. I don't vote. You with know, like I don't, the, <laughs> with the COVID thing. I don't even believe in voting. I don't even think our votes count. That's they, where I mean, I'm at. Especially, uh, certainly not at a federal level. I'll no. give you that for yeah. sure. So presidents aren't even real, let alone aliens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the amount of power they have is certainly a lot, a lot more limited than what they'd like us to believe. You know, I'm curious if the aliens and the presidents aren't actually 
they're not distracting us from each other. They are the same thing. Have you ever seen an alien in Joe Biden? In the same room <laughs> you know, you raised some good points here. That's true. I've never seen that. And I'm, I don't mean to point any fingers. I have heard mumblings that someone in this room might be of an alien race sent to spy on, uh, the humans. If I was, I would definitely want you to believe that those hearings were bullshit. No one uh, said. No one said it was you. I didn't say. <laughs> didn't so are say you names. saying that you are? I mean, because no one said it was you. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I don't know who else has a <laughs> bullshit rumor about them being reptilian going around. But uh, you know, I'm gonna look into these hearings. I'm curious if there's more evidence than you're leading on. Yeah, oh, please do. Please do. Tax suppression up in here. Dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's one of them, man. I'm he one of them. Pulled the red cloak. I feel like a bull in a fucking bullfight. Yeah. <laughs> Getting distracted. My favorite part of the whole thing is that like there was a hearing, people talked about it, and then the memes were government confirms aliens. Yeah. These yeah, people exactly. are all retired people. They're not with the government. They're not government officials anymore. They're just people. And it's not even saying that, that that they're lying. I believe that what they're saying, I believe that their experiences are correct, but like also there's been hundreds of thousands, I mean, hundreds and thousands of people coming out about their experiences and There's we just no quantitative nothing. And we just shoo it off. And why is this any different? And we've had military people come out talking about it for years as well. And now oh, yeah. these guys, oh, yeah, big. these guys all of a sudden are the ones that get attention with, with, with the same amount of evidence, which is none. Who is, who hey, there's was some, in the hearing? David like, Fravor, I think is his name. And it was one of them. He was a pilot with that, that TikTok, that TikTok, Tic Tac video that came out a few years back where uh, it was like a, like a, like a, a uh, UFO on a radar that um, the media showed. And it was like them first finally acknowledging UFOs and David Fravor was talking about that's not his first time seeing that and then there's people saying well it was probably just like a drone from another country because mm -hmm. the way it was moving and then the other people were talking about having firsthand um, experience seeing what they called biologics from crashes which is like you know a body and then somebody else was more of like a secondhand account where they talk I don't really remember exactly like I heard yeah exactly. my cousin said there was Exactly, An but alien in his backyard. But it's like all military stuff. So people want to, you know, say that people want to give it the time of day, which I think that we should. But it's like if, the, but you didn't bring any hard evidence to the table. So why was it so publicized? <laughs> Anton's so offended. He's like, they didn't prove shit on me. Man. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just annoying because like because you want to well, you watch the like I've been super into this shit for so long. Sure. Right. And so I've been going down a rabbit hole since I was like a kid with this stuff. And now it's all over the media. Like now they're finally acknowledging something. We're like, oh, shit, they must really have something real this time. And you go and you watch it and you're like. I saw the same thing on the History Channel fucking 20 years ago, dude. Yeah, this we is not, we're not making any progress here. Exactly. I I totally believe in aliens. Yeah, I 100% I I mean, do. If you don't, you're just kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to use that word. <laughs> Which makes it that much more effective it makes what you do. Me, it also makes me sound dumb just to say dumb. Because there's so many other be better words to use out there, but like imbecile it, just, it just does or make you kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking idiot. Yeah, I don't know. That's just that's my unpopular opinion for the week. So not bad, not bad. Yeah. Totally. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could sit here and just keep talking shit with you guys for yeah. a long time. Uh, <laughs> we might even do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, where can people find all your stuff? So we got title. 
<laughs> that is technically correct. Um, Huge title band. <laughs> I think Everyone's like, what's title? I think <laughs> title takes I better that. care of artists than most of the major streaming. It's a better listening experience also. I've heard It'd be that. high fidelity uh, um, playback. All streaming. So all if, streaming. Tyler <laughs> <I> said title. <laughs> if you're uh, title, you can find us on Truth Media, <laughs> Truth Social, and title. Also yeah. Shazam. New. Our also first single is on Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pandora, uh, if you're lucky. But only the radio station. Yeah. If you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, the, that plug that we were supposed to do, yeah. you know. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Amazon Music, Amazon yep. Music, YouTube all music? The, all the stuff. Yep, YouTube Music, but YouTube, straight up. Everything. Also, title though. Mine is. It is yeah. on title. <laughs> um, it's on every, like sixty. It's it's on pretty much so. everything that you can think of, but minus SoundCloud. And you can find a very small portion of the band on FeetFinder.com as well. Ooh. Yes. Uh, for those interested in a more complete star collar experience. Really a head to toe experience. Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, again, I can't I can't emphasize this enough. The Thanks, link girlfriend. will be in the description, <laughs> it's, it's. <laughs> um, as well as all the links to your music and social media Hopefully, and all that yeah. stuff. So um, thank you guys for tuning in, and thank you guys again for being here. This is awesome. Sweet. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Yeah. Awesome. Peace out. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> What is that bad? <laughs> it's an us. <laughs> oh yeah, and and Kevin, I guess. Uh, thanks for having me and my my <laughs> subsidiary. Out. I was trying so hard to, to like hold that laugh in to just like say peace, but I couldn't. <laughs> thanks for having me. I, I'm not thankful. I'd like to go on I record. Didn't, I didn't want to. I didn't want a smooth landing. Sorry, guys. I was Chris's like third or fourth choice on this <laughs> several times. Uh, and I this call time, KP third for everything. If I get locked out of my house, I call two other people before I call him. And ask three before me. That's the, the policy. <laughs> KP is also happy to be here. I think I am. I had a great time. Really fun. Yeah. I wasn't going to speak for Kevin. You know, what I mean? <laughs> I, that's true. It's a pet peeve. I don't like when he speaks for me. Yep. Yeah, I know better. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>